Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast on this beautiful Thursday morning here, the 24th day of September 2020. This is our Romans broadcast. We're beginning chapter 15 today, part one. Going to be great. I promise you that you would be able to be so blessed if you go back and start in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, and follow us through each verse of the way. Uh, we've been so blessed in our study, so many wonderful things the Lord has blessed us with in these chapters. And the one thing I'd like to say before we get started this morning is that unless we've really learned in an experiential way what Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 teaches as far as our relationship to Christ and how that all works, how the cross of Jesus Christ pertains to our daily living. If, if we didn't get that, then Romans 9 through 16, chapters 9 through 16 is just off limits. It's off limits. Chapters 9 through 16 of Romans teaches the, shows the manifestation of the lives of of those, the instruction and the manifestation of the lives of those who are being discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody is on the entire planet without the knowledge, the impartation of the truth that's found in Romans 6, 7, and 8. No one can even be discipled without the truths found there. If we don't know that we died with Christ, we were buried with Christ, and that we were raised to newness of life with Him, if we don't know that the sin nature was put away at Calvary, if we don't know that the sin nature can be revived if we're trusting in anything other than Calvary, then Romans chapter 9 through 16, it'll just be good reading and wishful thinking. Because unless we have the knowledge of the truth that is given us in those three chapters, 6, 7, and 8 of Romans, Romans 9 through 15 will just be good reading and wishful thinking. And I know I need to, but I know I shouldn't be doing this. But thank God we no longer live in those days. And right here in the time we're living in, right before Jesus comes back for his glorious church, the truth is being poured out as to how the cross of Jesus Christ pertains to so much more than just our getting in the kingdom and having a place in heaven, but it pertains to our daily, daily victory, daily grace, daily bread, daily anything from the Lord comes through faith in the cross or we're just playing make-believe and pretend. I'm not being ugly, but we're living in a time just like Israel lived in, where prophets went everywhere. Just There were so many false prophets. They just, they, oh, we're going to be fine. Oh, we're going to be fine. Don't listen to that little group of people over there preaching repentance, trying to get you back constantly to the sacrifice, the altar of God. We're going to be peace, peace, peace. Just speak the words of God. Just love each other. Now, let me tell you something, folks. Unless we come back to Calvary, we're acting just like the people of old. Unless we see how the cross pertains to our daily living, just imagine a preacher 
that has 50 saved people in his church. So he doesn't even think he needs to use the word of God to point to Calvary because everybody's saved. And I'm talking about the 99.9999999% of all preachers today. They, they don't point to Calvary. The only light God's word has shines in the face of the person and the work at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here again today. Romans chapter 15, verse 1. And outside of what I just said, it ain't nothing but make-believe and pretend in religion. And that's basically all the church has ever known for the last 2,000 years other than when they got born again, and then immediately we began to go and serve ourselves through the arm of the flesh, listening to preachers tell us what if we'll do this, if we'll say that, if we'll go to that conference, if we'll do, if we'll do, instead of direct the focus back to what Jesus did for everything, well, that, that's where we've been, crippled and paralyzed for centuries, my friend. The last days began when Jesus came. So Paul's declaration to Timothy that in the last days there will be perilous times in the last days and all the negative things, that's talking about beginning as soon as the church was birthed. The Lord told me something a couple of weeks ago. I want to share it with you. The New Testament says the things were written in the Old Testament as in samples. Doesn't use the word examples. There's a little difference there as in-samples for us. An in-sample is a sketch, a pattern, a stamp that you can look at to see exactly what's going to happen in the church. And you show me one thing that happened in Israel that's not happening in the church today. False prophets everywhere. False prophets everywhere. Turning to uh, idols and all sorts of things. Turning to idols and all sorts of things everywhere. It was prophesied. Going to happen. Because all those negative things prophesied by Paul to Timothy about the last days, that wasn't talking about a world. That was talking about the church. I'm glad I'm looking to Calvary again. I went through years of looking to myself, looking to a new book for something that God was going to pour out through and use. He did that. 2,000 years ago, hallelujah, and I'm thankful the power is still in the blood of Jesus. Verse 1, Romans 15, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, as we look back to Romans chapter 14 and remember what we learned there, that in the very first verse of Romans 14, we're told to receive those that are weak in the faith, but not for doubtful disputations, not for just to throw our opinions on them. And it, it goes on and teaches in Romans 14, not, beyond opinions, not to even lord our liberties over them. Even though we're stronger in the faith than some, then we're not still stuck thinking that I'm getting somewhere with God because I don't eat this or I only eat this or I worship God on this day or I don't worship. All these things that the Bible says are not the kingdom of God. That's one of the paramount scriptures in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God, <laughs> the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, 
but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is those things, but the only experience of those things is what allowed you to have those things initially, your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Those things don't just naturally work for us as Christians because we partook of them when we were born again and made righteous and have peace with God and stepped into the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. That's the kingdom of God. We entered into that. We have those things. But just because I'm righteous in Christ doesn't mean doesn't mean that I'm going to have the fruit of that righteousness. Proof of that is the Bible says in the book of James that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But Peter writes that my prayers can be hindered if I don't treat my wife right as a co-equal heir of grace. If I'm treating her, I'm, I'm righteous now. I, I, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm saved, spirit-filled, and on my way to heaven. But Peter says if I'm not treating my wife right, my prayers can be hindered. That means the prayers of a righteous man are not availing much. So there is a position of my righteousness, and God is paying attention to my condition, my walk in righteousness, on the path of righteousness, that my prayers be not hindered. Also, Proverbs 28 and 1 says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Where's the, where's the boldness of the church today? Where's the righteous experience of the church today? I'll answer that. Show me where the message of the cross is being preached for all the grace of God. Show me a congregation where the pastor gets up and opens the word of God and begins to preach the word of the cross to the people. And there, my friend, you will have a people becoming strong, stronger in the faith, moving away from the place of weakness in the faith. Because to be strong in the faith means that we're receiving grace, which is God's strength being made perfect in our weakness. It's not me becoming strong. It's His grace operating in my life. It's His strength in my weakness. It's His, his strength being made perfect in my weakness. The more I depend upon him, the stronger I become. And that's the example given in Romans chapter 14. The weak in the faith there is described in one example of, of the man who's only eaten herbs, only eaten vegetables. And the Bible says he's weak in the faith. Well, not just because he's eaten only vegetables, but because he thinks it's got something to do with his kingdom status or his kingdom advancement. And let me assure you today, nothing we do, brought us into the kingdom or carries us through the kingdom, just our trust in learning to depend upon what Jesus did for us at Calvary, for that is the only avenue of righteousness, the only avenue of grace, not just to get me in the kingdom and to save me initially, but so that my prayers won't be hindered today, so I can find that boldness of the righteous today 
in experience. I don't just have to quote the Bible and say, the righteous are as bold as a lion and, and we get together in a congregation and we feel all bold, hallelujah. But then we leave the congregation and we go out to work Monday morning and uh, we're intimidated again by those of the world we're around. Come on now, somebody. We need to go back and study Romans 6, 7, and 8 and learn to be discipled by the Lord Jesus said in Luke 14, Luke chapter 14, that unless you take up your cross and follow him, you can't be his disciple. It means you can't disciple means learner, it means we can't be learning of him. And if I'm not learning of him, I'm not becoming stronger. I'm stuck in the same place. How many millions hear me this morning? Millions of ministers stand in the pulpit every week, and they're ministers that are weak in the faith because they don't know the message of sanctification. They don't know to preach God's word in the light of Jesus, his person, and his work at Calvary. They, they just don't know it. So the, he's, he's weak in the faith, and, but everybody thinks he's strong in the faith, but he's weak in the faith, and the whole congregation is weaker in the faith, and they're not going anywhere, man. So they start preaching that you just need to get involved in church, and everybody does, but that's not the answer for maturity. And I hear it all the time. If you just get involved in the church, you'd become strong. No, it ain't. It, listen, it's not what we do that makes us stronger. It's our faith in what Jesus did because it's that, uh, that flow of grace, not because of what we do, but because of what we believe that grace comes into my life. The grace of God is what God is doing in me and through me. And he doesn't do what he does in me and through me and for me and to me based on what I decide to do. That's works mentality. But based on the work of Christ at Calvary and my trust in him, then the Holy Spirit began that work and he will, con he will continue that work if, as long as, my faith stays there. Galatians 1 and 6, we can remove ourselves from him. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, we can fall from grace. That means as we've removed ourselves from the spirit of grace... We've fallen from the one, moved away from the one who can continue this work until the day of Jesus Christ. But you've got to come back. I've got to come back to Calvary for the work to continue. Because just to think God goes on and does the work anyway, well, that wouldn't make the road Jesus said was narrow, narrow after all, would it? Yeah, we need to get back to the truth. And I know it hurts. If I know it hurts if you are found like me years ago, out of the path, out of the way, thinking that we're all, we're so much farther along than this. I remember when I started hearing people talk about the cross all the time. I turned the radio off. I got away from them. I thought I was much further than that. But I was on another path. I was on another path. I wasn't on the path of righteousness. I was righteous in Christ, but I wasn't traveling in experience on the path of righteousness. I could quote scripture. I could give you a scripture for every issue you were having. But there was no light. There was no power. Because the power of God is the preaching, the word, preaching is words. The preaching, the words of the cross.
Come on now, somebody. More and more people are getting this. Most, I know they're not going to because pride holds them trusting in the arm of their flesh. The Bible says cursed is the man that trusts in the arm of the flesh. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. And that means trusting in what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities, and that means the weaknesses of the weak, and not to please ourselves. I'm not here to please myself. I'm not not here to please myself. We shouldn't be here to please ourselves. We're here to bear the weaknesses of the weak. That means, in, in simple terms, to put up with them. Just like your mom and daddy put up with you when you were growing up and you put up with your children when they were growing. You didn't kick them out, throw them away. You didn't belittle them. You didn't try to curse them. You you, you, you didn't do all that. You just kept loving them. You kept living according to the liberty you'd received, but you didn't try to lord your liberty over them, uh, bringing them under your authority. You just love them. That's what bear the infirmities. That don't mean that we do away with our liberties. That just means we're to be more about them than we are our liberties. Come on now, somebody. These ultra-patriots today who are more concerned about their American liberties than they are their Christian duties, they've moved away from God. Are you more concerned about your brother, your neighbor, your sister? Do you realize you are your brother's keeper? Do you realize that it's more important in God's eyes for you to be a witness and a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ than it is to, to, to just bless God because you have certain freedoms and liberties? You're going on. You're going on anyway. They'll just have to get it or lay there and walk. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus ate with sinners, befriended sinners. Don't mean, he, don't mean he okayed their sin. But it also doesn't mean that he wiped them out, kicked them out. Because he, he wanted what was best for them. That's Christianity. Nobody's going to live Romans chapter 15 unless they understand Romans 6, 7, and 8. And even if we've learned it and we're walking in it, those who are strong, It'll be the fight of your life to keep that faith, my friend. It'll be the fight of your life. We don't fight against sin. We don't fight against the devil. We fight to keep our faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. For there comes the grace of God, what God does in you, to you, for you, and through you. And then you and I can learn to be stronger in the faith because it's not faith that gets stronger. It's us who are either weak or stronger in the faith. And we can learn to love and edify, build others up. We're not going to approve of any sin. We're not going to even approve of what's causing them to be weak, but we're going to love them. If they have questions, here's something that's phenomenal that we should all take heed to. When someone has questions for us about growing in the Lord and uh, uh, questions about Scripture and liberties and freedoms, we, we should never say, well, this is what I do. Let me tell you what I do. No, that won't work. What we should do is lay the Scriptures out for them. Just imagine sitting in the church in Rome, and we've covered this, and I'm 
trying to hurry through when I go back and cover something. But in the last chapter, you, you, you need to follow through the last eight sessions of Romans chapter 14. will bless you tremendously as it has me. But if you're sitting in the church in Rome and you think that it's helping you through the kingdom to only be eating vegetables, that that's something spiritual, that that's, that's uh, pleasing to God and allowing you to bear forth the fruits of righteousness. And you, and you hear your pastor receive this letter from Paul and he reads it. And Paul says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean of itself. <clears throat> now I want you to think about that. See, Paul didn't hesitate saying that, but he didn't condemn people either. And instead of me saying when people have questions about uh, eating this or not eating that or this day or that day, worshiping God, and all, all these routines and rituals and wearing this and long sleeve, all these questions, never say, well, this is what we do. This is what I do. No, let us open the words of life the Word of God. And those who are growing and being strengthened in the Lord are learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit because He's going to guide us in the truth. That means the person and the work of Jesus, the person and the work of Jesus in the Scriptures. Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. Think about that. That's right, Psalms 40, verse 7. Scriptures say, Lo, the volume of the book is written of me. That was a prophecy concerning Jesus. Hebrews 10, verse 7, same scripture brought forth to the New Testament about Jesus. Lo, the volume of the book, what the book is really about, the Word of God, is written of me. Think about that. And in Luke chapter 24, 44 through 46, Jesus said, The law, the prophets, and the Psalms are concerning me. Now, there's something we need to know about that. Every, every single word in the Bible is not inspired of God when it was spoken. Let me clarify. I know some of you are like, Whoa, wait a minute now. God didn't inspire Satan to speak so that when Satan spoke and it's recorded of him speaking what Satan speaks is never inspired of God but the inspiration of God moved on the hearts of men to write those things Satan spoke down to help us see there is a difference there is a difference God in every word in the Bible is either inspired and spoken by God to men and through men and written down for men, or it was words spoken by evil men, Satan himself, that were not inspired of God, but God inspired men to write them down. You understand that? I just thought I'd throw that in this morning. We need to know these things. Satan never speaks that it's inspired of God to rip a life apart. I want you to hear that today. And we then that are strong, who are the strong? It's not folk just because they're in church every time the doors are open. It's not folks that read the Bible every single day. Praise God for those faithful people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But 
The strong is the arm of the Lord. The strength, remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And joy is one of the things mentioned in Romans 14, 17, that is the kingdom of God. It's not meat and drink, what you eat, don't eat, drink, don't drink. It's righteousness, that work that Jesus performed at Calvary, Isaiah 32, 17, hallelujah. That work of righteousness is peace, and the effect of it is stillness and assurance, quietness and assurance. But the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And our, the joy of the Lord, the joy that he endured at the cross, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross because of that joy, and that joy is our strength. We have no strength of the Lord outside of the joy of the Lord. That he endured the cross for us to have. Not endured the cross and just sprinkled it out. And oh, I'm getting a little bit of the joy. No, my faith is what identifies me. And allows me to walk with and in him. So that the righteousness of God is a fruit and experience. The, the peace of God that he made for me with the blood of his cross. Colossians 1.20 At the cross, I can have not only with God, but of God. Hallelujah. In my life daily. And I can also have the strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord through my faith in what he did to offer it to me in experience. Remember, there's a, there's a far difference between position and experience. I explained it earlier. If you missed the first part of this broadcast, you need to go back and listen <coughs> because there is a difference from being righteous, and a Christian is righteous in Christ, than experiencing that righteousness. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, from Jesus through the apostle John to the church in Sardis, that there's some in Sardis who've not stained their garments. That means there were some there who were still looking to that righteous work of Christ at Calvary for that is the only thing that keeps the garments from being stained hallelujah walking in that righteous status that we have in Christ this is so important we then that are strong that means learning how to fight the good fight of faith to walk in him to keep our faith in his work at Calvary for only then are we learning not to walk after the flesh where we're weak in the faith, but rather after the spirit where the flesh will not be, the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled, Galatians chapter 5. I'm talking about those who are strong. Again, the church has thought he's strong because he's a pastor. He's strong because he's an elder. Them, the deacon, oh, they're strong. They're very spiritual. What do they offer you when, when you're in trouble? If they don't point you to Calvary, the word of God they've offered you won't work. It won't. This is where we've been for centuries, my friend. And if you're mad and disagreeing with what I'm saying, you're still there now. And you're not being discipled, and you can't be discipled because 
Christianity is not mystical and magical. It's faith in Christ and his work at Calvary on day one and on day 40,001. Till we're with him, that is the way. And if we're not in that way, we're not being, we're not being strengthened in the faith. We're weak in the faith, but it's by choice because our choice has been made to choose the wrong object of faith. I, I was there. I preached for several years that we need to do this if you want God to show his strength on your behalf. And, and right now, the majority of all the church is waiting on the next book to come out so they can find and or they're, they're, or they're trying to learn how to prophesy and all these. Listen, what we need to be doing is pointing people back to the cross, the altar, Without a mixture, hallelujah, glory to God. We then that are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. You see, if we're not bearing the weaknesses of the weak, that means we're pleasing ourselves. That means the measure of faith we were given at the born-again experience, Romans 12, 3, is not working because it was given to us, read Romans 12, 3, so that we wouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And when we're pleasing ourselves instead of bearing the weaknesses of the weak, we might think faith is working and we might be considered very spiritual. But I'm telling you, it's nothing but the flesh. We can learn how to walk after the flesh and name it God, name it something spiritual, but if it's not faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, not 40 years ago, now faith is in the cross of Christ. Today, again, denying myself so that I might believe in nothing but the work of Christ at Calvary and then the light of God's word begins to shine because it only shines on the face of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Those that have appeared to be strong for years, we've only thought they were strong because they had some outer form of strength. But the strength of the Lord comes through faith in Christ alone. We need to remember that. We didn't get very far today, but praise God, we did move. And uh, praise God, uh, Monday morning, we'll take off right here where we left off. So join us every Monday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, both these places and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can go back and listen to these and be blessed, just be beyond measure blessed. And don't forget every Friday at 9 a.m. you can join us in the studio next door for a live in-person Bible study. And right now we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and I'm being blessed edified, and the Lord is building his church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't forget to pray for us. Sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can text GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you. We love you. See you next time. But until then, stay determined 
to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See you then.